The Hard Shoulder with Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. Welcome back. Each Wednesday, for the next two Wednesdays, including today, we are going to cover candidates from the three European constituencies. Today, it is Ireland South, and I'd like to welcome um, the uh, candidates before me, Malcolm Byrne, a Fianna Fáil councillor in Gorey, another Wexford man, independent TD uh, for Wexford, Mick Wallace, and uh, representing the government, representing Fine Gael, an incumbent MEP Sean Kelly. Now, I am obliged uh, under BAI rules at some time between now and five to five to read out the total of all the 23 candidates. I think it's the busiest constituency, the whole lot, because there is the prospect that four will be elected. The, the prospect of Brexit happens that a fifth uh, will also then uh, be added. Let's let's just go firstly to the issue of the day. Uh, everyone wants uh, broadband, but when you have uh, Sean Kelly, the Secretary of the Department, the man, the accounting officer for the Department of all public expenditure, Robert Watt, instructing his minister to go to the Taoiseach and to cancel this, to say that there are huge risks and very questionable benefits, is that not something that will give anyone pause for thought? I don't think he instructed the minister. I think he gave him advice. And obviously, Pascal made it very clear that he took that advice on board. But at the end of the day, he had to make a political decision and he had to consider the needs, particularly of rural Ireland. Well, let's, let's on, on the 1st of April, Robert Watt wrote a note to Pascal Donoghue because he was due to meet the, the Taoiseach in the next few days. And he said he called for the procurement process to be cancelled and said incremental improvement whereby you go to phase one roll it out to the 1100 towns and villages as originally provided in the national development plan was a safer better and more affordable option yes and that was the advice given pascal deliberated on that advice so did the cabinet and they came to the decision that they wanted the broadband to go ahead that they, it, while it was costing a lot of money, it was necessary for, number one, to ensure that everybody in this country is treated equally, because if they took a decision other than the Duke, I'm sure people would be criticising them for neglecting rural Ireland. Now it's going to happen because uh, broadband is as essential now as electricity was for And that makes a great soundbite, but I mean, first of all, just take electricity. If you want to get electricity, it is actually the quote you'll get from the ESP and AirGrid is linked to the actual cost of providing it. It's not a fixed 100 euro charge. If you look at many other developments, unlike electricity, with Serview, with 5G, you don't have to run fixed fibre to every door. Yes, you need to run fibre a lot of the way, but then you can do a system of masts. A lot of industry people are saying there is no country in the world has decided to do fixed fibre to every house or premises in the country. It's insane. That's a decision that was taken after a lot of deliberation. I think it was taken in the interests of the entire country. We want to ensure that everybody is treated equally and especially nowadays with the growing use of all sorts of digital appliances, 
e-health, e-commerce, you name it. I think everybody in Kerry or in West Cork or in Clare are entitled to the same service as they are in Dublin 4. And, and, and Mick Wallace, that makes a very catchy political soundbite <laughs> and it'll get you through not just the European elections, it'll probably get you through a general election before people discover it's not that simple. What's your take on it? I think it's crazy. Um, I've just over leaders' questions there. I mean, you couldn't make this stuff up. Uh, Three billion. And the truth is, you can actually stop this process now and you can actually start a new procurement process. We could actually still use ESB to uh, to roll it out uh, using and wrap a wraparound job on their lines, right? This is nuts. There's no sense to it. And the only thing I can think of, it reminds me of the children's hospital. I've pleaded with the government to actually stop and they're entitled to stop the children's hospital project now, go for retender and change the nature of the contract. That's at 1.7 billion. It won't stop at 2.2 because there's no control on the price due to the nature of the contract. Uh, they won't redo it. And they're going ahead with this despite the fact that it's costing crazy money and they won't even own it. They won't even be able to control the pricing mechanism at the end. And the, the only reason I can think of it is that they don't want either of these projects not going on when the election comes around and that is too bad as far as the people of Ireland are concerned and yeah everybody's concerned about the, the rural Ireland and we know it's been abandoned it was abandoned before now it's been abandoned for over 20 years so I mean that's not new but there's no value for money here and it's interesting that Robert Watt has pulled Turk on this and I'll tell you why because he learnt his lesson on the children's hospital because he got hung out to dry on that, right? And he ain't go, he's not going to get hung out to dry on this one. Malcolm Byrne, uh, what's Fianna Fáil's attitude to this? Because everyone says, like I, we had last night, uh, Brendan Smith, and he said, oh, I want broadband for everyone, but I don't want the government going ahead and doing this. Uh, what do Fianna Fáil really want? So, uh, I, I, I suppose it's, it's that classic case. I w- we wouldn't start from here. Uh, and I think everyone is, is aware that the government has made a mess on this. We've had minister after minister. Uh, you know, I, I was listening this morning to the sound bites from Pat Rabbit, followed by Alex White, followed, you know, by, uh, uh, by Dennis Nocton. And we now have Richard Bruton coming out and promising that it's, it's coming down, down the line. And in every case, uh, the government has failed to deliver. We're now at a situation, though, whereby broadband has to be provided. And I think it's, there's a number of provisos that we have to ensure. We have to ensure, obviously, that the state will continue to own the infrastructure and the network uh, in terms of what is provided. And we need to look at ensuring that broadband is provided to every community. And I, I, I sometimes wonder why, you know, there's always a great emphasis on the, co- you know, we need to go ahead with Metro North. We know it's going to cost a lot of money, but this is essential for Dublin. Well, broadband is the Metro North uh, for the rest of the country. And, and I think... So would you, you when, when this contract, if it's ever published, would you well, sign it, it? It should. Well, well, hang on. It, I, I haven't seen the contract. Uh, and no, but I they're saying it's the only show in town. Yeah, yeah, but 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 that's part of the... the like the, I'm the, saying you cannot deliver fibre to every door in the country, but you're saying maybe you should. Well, like well, I, I, I think you're facing it both ways at the same time. It, it is, but, uh, you know, you'll appreciate Fianna Fáil wasn't managing the process. Uh, I think Fianna Fáil's commitment is... Well, Fianna Fáil are propping up the government. R- r- is in terms of delivering on broadband. If if, if, if I sort of look at, you know, learning from other countries' experience, and if you look at what but happens you in could Australia... Bring down 
Australia. the government over that. Uh, Australia and in Colorado. Uh, yeah, but but hang on, Ivan. We, we're going to come to the Brexit discussion in a moment. Let's try to stick on the issue because every time that Fine Gael cock up on something, and I know it's with increasing regularity, uh, this argument goes, Fianna Fáil should pull down the government. And by pulling down the government, that doesn't necessarily solve the problem. Let, let's look at, at, at an issue. One of the things, even just to give you an example, in terms of coverage in Ireland, forget about even broadband. Uh, I drove up here from St. Munchen's Community Centre in Limerick, uh, at, at where I left at lunchtime. I hope because every candidate name checks every town and no, uh, no, no, their no. constituency. Uh, well, speaking to a woman in uh, you know Limerick no, 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 and Enniscorthy and so yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, um, Well, I have been speaking to plenty yes, of women in Enniscorthy, yeah, as you yeah, know, yeah, Ivan. Yeah, yeah, but as you're travelling up along, as you're travelling up along the M7, at the air network, the coverage was atrocious. And once you travel outside Dublin, whether it comes to mobile phone coverage or broadband coverage, it, it, you know it's 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 awful. The cost to productivity in this country. Leave, leave aside everything else is enormous so we do need to okay. proceed proceed with quickly and let's look at what can be done with it because I, I am going to use the example okay, of my hometown I, I, of Gorey I, 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 I want to go on to some MEP issues I think I've given all a, f- a fair chance and I'm conscious of time uh, uh, you're the only incumbent here Sean and, and I, I just you know researchers give me a lot of data MEPs are paid 8,611 gross per month they get a pension as well they get a flat rate allowance to cover accommodation 320 euros they get two thirds of their medical expenses they get a completely unvouched 4,513 euro a month they get travel expenses uh, vouched and unvouched inside their constituency and to and from Brussels and Strasbourg Um, I, I put it to you and not to speak of a transition allowance, I mean, the amount of money that Brian Crowley is going to get as a severance payment, I mean, this is eye-watering amounts of money. Well, no matter who's going to be in the European Parliament, the same system applies and has applied for a number of years. And uh, we have actually voted against any increases which were recommended uh, by other groups in the Parliament. And... You're not entirely correct, for instance, in relation to medical expenses. I haven't drawn down any medical expenses. Well, you're entitled to a reimbursement yes. of two-thirds but of your medical expenses. Thankfully, I'm very healthy. I didn't draw down any. And in relation to the uh, daily allowance, it's when you sign on. If you do not sign on, you, don't get, you do not get it. If you miss you half your votes, you're reduced as well. And there is a limit on what you can get in terms of travelling around the constituency. I do, in my car at the minute... Over the last five years, I have put up almost 300,000. So you don't think it's a gravy train? I would say definitely we're well paid. I'm not sure what you call it a gravy train. And uh, if there are any proposals to reduce, I'd have no problem in the world in reducing. Okay, I've described this election as like who wants to be a millionaire and the contestants are lined up. Mick, other than the money, why are you standing? That's a good question, Ivan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I suppose the main reason um, I, I've been on the Justice Committee for the last three years with Claire Daly and five others and um, and over half the legislation of the dog goes through the Justice Committee and we, we probably put about 90% of our energies into legislation and amendments and whatever. And you did a lot and of work with Garda Whistleblowers it yeah, has to but, be acknowledged. Um, but what, what we've seen in the last three years in particular is more and more of the legislation that's coming through the Oireachtas starts in Europe. And more and more, the decisions that affect the people of Ireland uh, are made in Brussels and Strasbourg. And uh, I suppose uh, I like to think that in the eight years, three months in the Dáil, um, 
it, despite being an independent and being in opposition, I like to think I made a difference, uh, as I'm sure Claire Daly would say as well, uh, whether we can make a difference in Europe. Over 700 uh, yeah. MEPs. Yeah, look at I mean, uh, I can't tell like you... Like a lot of little yeah. cogs have to move before a council yeah, of ministers cog yeah. or a commission cog turns. Yeah, well, and you know what? Uh, I can see that it is incredibly challenging to make a difference there, right? Uh, and I, I would say that the potential for making a difference uh, outside of the parliament is also significant. We'll have, to, we'll have to make it significant. And I, I would also say that if I'm elected to, to Europe, uh, I would keep a very strong interest in issues at home. I have a lot of unfinished business, which I don't intend to walk away from. And uh, I But would you'd, if you're elected, you'd have to resign your doll seat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, any, any, any uh, business that has a, a connection with Europe that arrives at any of the committees by the PSC in Dublin... Uh, the MEPs have a right to sit in on it. And that's something that you can use if you see fit. But I mean, look at Ivan, I'd be 100% honest with you. Uh, I can say, oh, I'm going to make a difference in Europe. But you know what? Uh, I can't say that, but I'm certainly going to try. Okay, Malcolm, your motivation in standing, I mean, like, to me, it looks like, look, you stood for the last general election. We'll just say Mick Wallace gets elected. You'll probably be the Fianna Fáil candidate in the by-election. Is this just to to, to build your profile? Uh, Because Billy Kelleher looks a shoe in for the seat. No, I I have always been a committed European. Uh, I've been involved in a range of European policy initiatives both with the Council of Europe in terms of helping in local government and democracy. But Europe will get on grand without Malcolm Byrne. Your real place is in the doll, surely. Uh, No, well, uh, Mick has already said in terms of where you can talk about that you can have a real impact at a European level. I'm a passionate So you're European. not going to stand if you don't get elected? Uh, you're not going to stand not for the next intention. year? It's not my intention. I intend to win the seat. As you say, I'm in the last, in the battle for the yeah. last seat, possibly with Mick, uh, according to the, the, the bookies. Um, but but you asked me, Ivan, about the reasons as to why I'm So running. I want to make it clear, because I asked Matt Carty this yeah. last night and he could not give me a straight answer. If you got elected, you would not be standing in the subsequent general election. Uh, if if I got elected, I would be serving a five year term, and it would be it would be my hope uh, that if I get elected to the European Parliament, that I would be able to make a career out of it. I th- I, th- I think there is an example of very successful MEPs. I think Pat Cox is an example of somebody uh, who made the European Parliament his own. And you asked me, Ivan, very specifically about what I can do and what I can achieve uh, as a member of the Alliance of Liberal and Democrats group in the European Parliament, which is the Fianna Fáil group. Very it, small. It's likely it's it's like Aldi shopping centres, like Aldi. Well, well, clearly this this is the case when I, I take the European Parliament seriously it's the third largest group it's likely to hold the balance of power in the next Parliament it includes a number of very important EU commissioners including Margaret Vestager the competition commissioner because I think one of the main reasons I'm running is about how we can make sure that the European Union works better for consumers we're screwed in this country on insurance on the cost of money on the cost of business we need to look at a situation whereby the single market uh, is used to be able to benefit consumers we need to tackle anti-competitive practices well, well, and as, as an effective MEP, that's something that I can do and I can tackle. Well, well, and Sean asked, and I think this is important, Sean asked, you know, you asked Sean about the money and so on. Look, the money isn't isn't the issue about it. It's about how effective you are as an MEP. And I think we need to judge all of our MEPs on how effective they are at right. a European level. All right. We're going to get stuck into whether there's going to be an EU army, whether we should control the flow of migration and lots of other important European issues after this quick break. 
Okay, I'm obliged, uh, in fairness to everybody, to read out the names of the other 20 candidates standing in the South constituency, and I'll do so as quickly as I can in alphabetical order. Alan Brennan is an independent. Dolores Cal is also an independent. Deirdre Clune, Fine Gael. Andrew Doyle, Fine Gael. Paddy Fitzgerald, independent. Breda Patricia Gardner, independent. Theresa Heaney, independent. Billy Kelleher, Fianna Fáil. Peter Madden, independent. Liam Minahan, independent. Leon Irida, Sinn Féin. Sheila Noonan, Labour. Dermot O'Flynn, independent. Peter O'Loughlin, Identity Ireland. Grace O'Sullivan of the Green Party. Walter Ryan Purcell, independent. Joseph Sexton, independent. Jeanne Van de Van, uh, Direct Democracy Ireland. Adrian Wallace, Solidarity People Before Profit. And Colleen Worthington, independent. But even more significant, the royal baby boy has been named Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor. Okay, um, what have you been doing over the last five years, Sean, about climate change? Like everyone talks a great game about carbon emissions, but when it comes to a carbon tax, not so much. We are laggards in Europe in this regard. Yeah, absolutely. We have, and the Taoiseach admitted that when he spoke in the Parliament uh, a couple of years ago, and he said it wasn't good enough. In actual fact, I got involved in this five years ago, I represented the Parliament in the famous Paris Agreement, the first global agreement on climate change. I represented them subsequently in Marrakesh and last year in Katowice in Poland. And I was in charge of the Renewable Energy Directive, which sets the targets for renewable energy, which have to be implemented between now and 2030. So big EU fines for Ireland, is that what you've achieved? I think one thing, we were laggards, you're quite right, in relation to 2020. We didn't take it seriously enough. I think that has changed now. Minister Bruton is putting together uh, an all-of-government plan. We also, as part of the governance structure of the European Union, have to submit a plan to the European Union showing how all sectors are going to help collectively to meet our targets. OK, that's fine at a high level. But when it comes to actual changes in agriculture, like reducing output, uh, and our, or when it comes to a carbon tax on diesel, people are saying, mm, or sort of fuel, no. Now, there are huge opportunities, actually, in agriculture to actually make it much greener and make it much more sustainable. One of the things we did, actually, in the Renewable Energy File is to allow individuals, householders, communities to create their own energy and sell it onto the grid. That's a huge opportunity for farmers in particular to put solar panels on their sheds, etc. As well as that, we have a huge opportunity to put in far more anaerobic digesters, uh, to create biofuels, and all that will feed into farming, which we see at the moment, especially in relation to the farmers, IFA developing smart farming. So a lot can happen there to reduce emissions. And I think there's a certain amount of scaremongering going on in regard to agriculture. We have done very little in relation to transport. We haven't done enough in relation to buildings, but all those are going to be included in the plan. OK, I, I, I'm going to go straight to an EU army uh, debate because I have a text here. Um, please ask uh, the panel where they stand on Irish neutrality, given that FF and FG locked a bill requesting a <laughs> referendum on back to bill uh, on back in neutrality there's been a, a, a nearly always a perennial chestnut here uh, Mick Wallace in relation to this pesco uh, cooperation are we signed up to an eu army or are we still neutral we're signed up to a level of cooperation around military matters in europe that we weren't before and we fought strongly in the in the, the irish doll uh, against that uh, but sadly, uh, 
there's the government went along with it. And I can tell you, there's four different pieces of legislation of a military nature that have gone through the doll in the last six months. All of them introduced almost overnight and lo- looking for and, and voted on within the week. But Mick, and you were lepping over wires at Shannon Airport and getting a great yeah. name for yourself. Well, no, you know, I mean, like, surely we, th- we, th- we, okay. we are part of the Western world. I, I tell you what, we can be part of the Western world, right? We don't have to engage in military activity and we can't, we, we don't have to facilitate the Americans dropping bombs on people's homes and creating refugees. It's, it's, I find it shocking still that so many of the established parties of Ireland are happy for Shannon to be used as a US military base. And we, ha- we cannot... Any talk of neutrality is rubbish as long as we continue to allow that to happen. So as an MEP, your stance in relation to an EU army or further Irish cooperation would be what? Do, do you know... It, uh, I, I am completely against the militarisation of Europe. Do you know that in the next 10 years... EU, European countries and, and the, the Commission are going to subsidise the arms industry to, to the tune of 51 billion as set out at the moment. That is, this is nonsense. Absolute nonsense. The only people that are going to gain from this is the arms industry. This is coming from lobbying by the arms industry and there's no sense to it. Arms make war, not peace. And you know what? They'll eventually form a a European army and you know what they'll be doing? They'll be going around looking for wars to fight in. Is this scaremongering, uh, Malcolm Uh, Byrne? It is, Ivan. Every, uh, uh, and listeners will recall, every single European vote, whether it's an election or referendum in Ireland, those who've been opposed to the European Union uh, have said there's going to be an EU army. Let's be clear about what PESCO is. Um, PESCO stands for Permanent Structured Cooperation. And what it provides for is cooperation between our defence forces and our Gardaí in tackling things that that, that we all need to face together. So, for instance, cybercrime. Uh, cybercrime, you know, the, the, the old way in which battles are fought and things go, go on, it's completely different. Everyone knows, you know, cybercrime doesn't, uh, d- doesn't respect borders. Cybercrime is the top economic crime in Ireland. Grant Thornton estimated that it costs Irish business something of the order of about 630 million so a year. So is PESCO about cybercrime? Pe- uh, PESCO is about uh, our security forces, our Gardaí, using cooperation to be able to tackle cybercrime, tackle cyberterrorism, to talk about when we look at terrorism. So what I want to know is, if members of my family or if I, if I decide to travel uh, to France or Spain on holidays, that they're going to be safe, that there will be cooperation, that if there are people who don't believe in democracy, who want to carry out ter- terrorist activities, that there's cooperation. It's about cooperation okay. in the okay. Mediterranean. Make, I, I, if we're, going to move on to the final if we're dealing yeah. with sorry, if we're dealing with the, the refugee crisis that's the uh, and the work, the work that's being done. There's no cyber crime now. That's the real scaremongering. Do you know when we signed up to PESCO, we were actually agreeing to work towards two million, two billion. Per annum, two, we're working at a two percent of GDP to go into defence spending. We're we're at one billion at the moment. That would mean that we would go to six billion per annum if we're dragged in that direction. The, the Irish people don't want any part of this. And we ran a Red no. Sea poll after getting over that fence in Shannon, and fifty-seven percent of the people clearly voted against Shannon being used no. for any military purposes make, by any make, country. Make your, That's your, the truth. Your, listen, you're 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 trying to confuse things. This not, this no, is I'm a neutral. No, no, this okay. is a neutral country. Uh, You've uh, got to remember that Sweden, no, not Sweden, Austria, but I think it's crucial. I want to know that if I'm traveling to Europe, that I'll be safe. And I have great, I want to get a quick answer, I want a quick answer from each of you to two simple questions. One, how much are each of you spending on your campaign? And secondly, what is the biggest issue that you're going to fight for in the South constituency if elected? 
I wouldn't have the exact figures, but they'll be within what's allowed. Which I, is? I, I spent the lowest figure, I think, last time. In, would you spend 100k? Around 100k would be Okay, would and what's, be your, what's your biggest issue in five years' time, if you're elected, that you will say, this is what I spent my time doing? In relation to climate change, I want to see... In the uh, constituency, in the uh, constituency. Matters that will affect the constituency, if you take, for instance, Offaly and places like that, where there's going to be closures of the power stations generated by bogs they'll have to be just transitioned so that people aren't left behind I've been involved in 650 billion investment EU fund to make that available to SMEs and, and uh, pro- projects in Ireland so that they can avail of it Alright uh, Same co- How much are you spending on the campaign? Uh, it, it, Including your party spend on your own campaign uh, yeah. it, It'll probably be something of the order at the end of what Sean was talking about something of Six of the figure order. sum You're talking about a six figure sum We're covering 12 counties literally the southern half of the country so that that's the nature the, 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 the likely cost uh, in terms of what I, I would hope to achieve, the one thing uh, in terms for the of, south constituency. Yeah, in, in terms of what I hope to achieve, one of the big challenges that we're going to face uh, over the next ten years is through technology and automation, the changing workplace. We've got to ensure that we use the European Social Funds to upskill all of our citizens to be able to unlock their potential, so that we can guarantee that we've jobs. And tied to that, uh, we've got to ensure we maintain okay. a trading Europe, which is about ensuring we've trade deals to create okay. employment. Finally, Mick, we're tight on time. Uh, uh, how much money are you going to spend on the campaign? I plan to spend 30,000. All right. Uh, because I can get back up to 38. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, any more than that, you would You're not putting back. up posters, are you? I'm not putting up posters. Do you know anyone putting up 1,000 posters uh, in each county uh, that, that cover nine square kilometres if you're standing in the South constituency? And your number one issue for the South constituency? That you, uh, as opposed to the country, the South constituency that you'd fight for, you've heard, you know, the the, the decarbonisation impact on on peat stations. You've heard upskilling training. What would be your big issue that you try and deliver on through the committee system or whatever? I want to fight to make Europe uh, a body that represents the the people of Ireland. Rather, I want to stop the the big corporations and big business being dominating the decision-making process where very often the best interests of the ordinary people are not being represented. What, what group will you be in making the European Parliament? Uh, I haven't got there yet. <laughs> so that's still to be decided. All right. My thanks. I'll be seeing some of you again on TV. Mick Wallace, Independent TD for Wexford, Sean Kelly, Fine Gael, outgoing MEP, uh, Malcolm Byrne, Fianna Fáil, candidate and councillor for Gorey. My thanks for being so cooperative. 